You're listening to For the Record with Tess Hurd. I'm Tess Hurd, and this is For the Record. And welcome to the very first episode of For the Record with Tess Hurd. I'm Tess Hurd, and this is For the Record. On this episode, we are going to be diving into the case of a lifetime, in my opinion. This trial has been absolutely insane. It has been a roller coaster of lies, manipulation, deceit, running, basically everything that you could put into a true crime case has been in this case. The trial itself has been absolutely unbelievable and I really and truly don't know exactly where to start because it is just so insane. So we will go ahead and jump into the basics of basics with this case. Letitia Stout is being tried for the murder of her 11-year-old son, stepson, Gannon Stout. She is pleading not guilty by reason of insanity. Now, I know that there's going to be a lot of opinions out there, but Letitia is crazy that's not up for debate. She's crazy. But is she, by the legal definition, insane? I really, really don't think so. So if I were to go into all of the details about this, we would be here for literal days. And I don't think that I have the ability to just briefly summarize the entire trial. I don't think that really anybody can do that. The depth of some of this stuff is it's unreal in so many ways. The elaborate lies that Letitia told, the way that she manipulated and attempted to manipulate everyone around her, the way that she denied and refused to take up 
any responsibility for anything that happens. If you are using common sense, you would be hard pressed to believe that she was insane. And I think that the prosecution has done an incredible job in presenting their case and making it making it known that while there may not be a clear motive where there may not they may not have the weapons they may not have every single piece of evidence that they would typically need to convict someone the facts are still there and even though they don't make sense sometimes people kill just to kill not because they're crazy not because they're insane not because they suffer from a severe mental disorder not because they have brain damage just because and i know that's not a satisfactory answer i hate whenever somebody says you can't do that well why not because i said so and i get that wanting the why and the more specifics of the how that can prove a lot when it comes to motive and maybe mental awareness and everything but like i said the lies and the manipulation and the stories and just everything wrapped up in this whole case I think that it just leaves everybody scratching their heads more than just wanting to know why she did this. So here is a breakdown of what's happened so far. I would like to say On the day of this recording, May 5th of 2023, the jury has been dismissed to deliberate. The closing arguments have been made. The jury instructions have been given. There is a possibility that we will receive a verdict by the end of today. I'm not certain that that's going to happen. In my opinion, I think that it's a pretty clear-cut choice, but I understand that they have a certain process that they have to go through, and they are tasked with a huge, huge, huge decision, and they don't want to make it lightly. So I'm not necessarily expecting a verdict by the end of the day today. So week one, Gannon's dad testified. 
He was on the witness stand. He was asked about Gannon. He was asked about his role in Gannon's life. He was asked about his career and being in the National Guard and his relationship with Gannon's biological mother and how he met Letitia and their relationship. And you just got a really good history of their family and how things were with Letitia up until January 27th of 2020. Al stated that Letitia never seemed unstable. She suffered from some anxiety, but who doesn't suffer from anxiety? I'm medicated because I have anxiety, so I know that it can be a difficult thing to deal with. But anxiety doesn't make you a killer. And as long as it's being somewhat controlled, whether by medication or therapy or whatever, it's not going to make you go off the deep end. So we heard from Al's, or Al Stout, Gannon's dad, and we heard from blood spatter analysis. We heard from the inspectors of the bridge where Gannon's remains were found. We heard... Um, phone calls that were recorded by detectives and the FBI between Al and Letitia. We heard a TV interview that Letitia gave a couple of days after getting him, quote unquote, went missing. And it really just gave a lot of context to what their what their life was like and everything and then it started getting into the crime scene and how the evidence of the crime scene wasn't what Letitia was saying it was just a mess it was a it was a total and complete mess now, when I say it was a mess, the crime scene was a mess, her stories were a mess, this trial has been a mess, literally everything has been a mess. So in the weeks to come, we would hear testimony from the, honestly can't remember now she was a therapist or a psychiatrist. She was a mental health worker of some sort who worked at the jail where Letitia was at um, after she had been arrested. And she evaluated Letitia because it was her first time being in prison because of the severity of the crime. She just wanted to make sure that Letitia was okay and that she wasn't having any mental issues or anything like that. 
And she reported that Letitia didn't have any sort of mental issues that would raise concern. She had some generalized anxiety, but again, anxiety isn't going to make you snap and kill someone. So that doctor would check in with her because of, like I said, because of the severity of her time crime, because of it being her first time in jail. Um, she was placed on a suicide watch and then she would go in and have meetings with Letitia every so often just to check in on her, make sure she was doing okay. And there weren't any issues that were trying to surface. At some point, Letitia was sent to a hospital, a mental hospital to be further evaluated. And that doctor came in and testified. And this was a, a psychologist. Um, and she also said that there were no mental issues that were brought to her attention that she noticed, that she picked up on, that Letitia told her that would indicate that she had anything going on except that generalized anxiety. Both of these doctors said that, yeah, she has some antisocial behavioral or antisocial personality uh, symptoms, and she has some narcissistic tendencies. But again, those aren't really things that would cause someone to kill someone, especially an 11-year-old child, especially if that 11-year-old child was your stepson. Can't stress that enough. So as the trial goes on, we hear more testimony. We see more videos of some of these interactions with the therapists and psychologists. We see police interviews. We see video footage from the ride from South Carolina to Colorado and Letitia trying to escape the van. And she ended up taking a monster energy drink and smashing one of the officers, I believe, in the head with it. She ended up causing a pretty severe injury to one of the detectives, so much so that the detective had to end up having to have surgery on her shoulder because of it. So we're seeing that Letitia, she's being accused of this and every time that she's accused of it she does something to put the blame on somebody else or she tries to escape now i'm going to spend a few minutes talking about some of the ways that she attempted to put the blame on other people first and foremost 
she said that no Gannon didn't really go to a friend's house I just said that because I didn't want to get in trouble but we went to test ride a bike because I was gonna buy a bike for you and surprise you with it when you got home and when we were test riding the bike Gannon fell and busted his head open and the man that had the bike took him away and I haven't seen him since that makes so much more sense right that's clearly a great great answer well then that story changed and she said that she had given one of the uh, construction workers in the neighborhood the garage code for their house so that he could come in and replace some of the carpet in Gannon's bedroom because he had accidentally set his bedroom on fire the night before. And whenever her and Gannon got home that afternoon, this guy named Eduardo was in their house and he proceeded to force himself upon her and then take Gannon. Then the story changed and this construction worker was no longer named Eduardo, but his name was Quincy Brown which Quincy Brown is a real person who did have a record, but he was not in the state of Colorado at the time. And that was confirmed by family members of his. Then the story changes again. And there was something about an uncle Matt, which Gannon didn't have an uncle Matt. So that didn't really make any sense either. Then the story changed again, and she said that her and Gannon had gone to Petco, and there was a guy laying in the middle of the road, and they stopped to help him, and he jumped in the car and made them take him back to their house, where he proceeded to force himself upon her and then take Gannon along with a suitcase and that's what happened. Then the story changes again. And Letitia and Gannon were driving and saw a pregnant woman who was very obviously pregnant. And they offered to give her a ride. And whenever they got in the whenever this woman got into their vehicle, um, she took off her pregnant belly and started taking cash out of it and demanded that Letitia take her to a nearby Mexican restaurant and that Letitia was going to help her in a money laundering scheme at the Mexican restaurant. I think that might be all of the stories, but I could be wrong. There could be some that I'm forgetting. So, in essence, Letitia lied, obviously lied, and put blame on everybody else but her, but herself. 
And Ganon's still missing. She's not giving any truth to indicate where he could be, who may have taken him, what really happened. And any time she's asked, where is Ganon? What happened to Ganon? Did you do something to Ganon? She comes up with one of these stories and then she proceeds to try to manipulate the situation to where it's all about her. How could you accuse me of hurting our child? How could you say that I would do something like this when I've worked with children for so long? How can you accuse me of doing this when I loved our child? Are you really think like, or do you really think that I would lie about this? How could you accuse me of lying about someone forcing themselves upon me? I was hurt. I was, I was attacked. Yes, Ganon was taken, but I was attacked. Let me say one thing and let me make this very, very clear. If you have been attacked and you have had someone force themselves upon you, You I'm failing with my words here. It was not your fault. You did not ask for it. You said no. You fought. You did what you had to do to survive. Letitia saying that someone forced themselves upon her is a mockery of what others have genuinely been through. And I am sorry that there are people out there who do stuff like that and try to use something that horrible to get sympathy and manipulate other people. It's not fair. What happened was not fair. What she did and what she said was not right. And I just want to make it very clear that I do not doubt women or men who claim that they have been attacked in such a way. But when someone is coming up with lie after lie after lie and telling story after story after story, I can't believe that this part of the story would be true when the rest of it's not. And I hope 
that it does not come across that I am saying that all victims of this kind of crime should not be believed because you should. And there's more reason as to why I don't believe her. She had the opportunity to get a rape kit done. And instead of getting the rape kit done, she fled from the hospital and just disappeared from the hospital. I also understand that in that situation, the last thing that you want to do is become even more vulnerable and let someone examine the parts of you that were violated. But I can't believe what she said to be true. And I hope that you understand that. So moving on. Sorry, I had to take a breather there. Moving on. Letitia flees from Colorado and drives from Colorado all the way down to Florida, I believe Pensacola, where she takes a green suitcase and throws it over a bridge. Then she goes to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Letitia was arrested shortly after that, still denying that she did anything to Gannon. But roughly a month later, it just so happens that the bridge that Letitia threw the suitcase off of was being inspected which happens every two years and I don't think it's coincidence that they found this suitcase when they did when the bridge inspectors discovered the suitcase they opened it up to see if if there was anything inside of it and if there was what it was And inside this suitcase were the remains of Gannon. Also in the suitcase was the bedding and the pillow that he had slept on the night before he was killed. The autopsy would reveal that Gannon had been stabbed 18 times. 18, most of which were on his arms and his hands, indicating that he was putting up a fight. There were indications that he had been hit in the head four times 
causing his skull to be crushed. There was a bullet found that had entered through his jaw and severed his spinal cord, which would have killed him instantly. They also discovered two other bullets in the pillow that was in the suitcase with him. This poor, poor child was tortured in the last moments of his life. What Letitia did to him, there there is no rhyme, there is no reason, there's no excuse, there's no plea. You cannot tell me that somebody who was having a mental break, that somebody who was suffering from a psychotic episode, she had to know what she was doing. If it was a psychotic break or a, 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 a something, What she did was overkill. She stabbed him. She hit him. She shot him. And I think the most heartbreaking thing about it was that they discovered that the bullet used wasn't just a regular bullet. It was a hollow point bullet. And hollow point bullets do a lot more damage. I'm just going to leave it at that. <coughs> so. Letitia admits to killing Yannin. We see that in one of the video clips that they play. But she says that it was another personality, another persona, who actually killed him, not her. I would like to say and point out that Letitia didn't claim that she had any mental illnesses or disorders or problems other than her anxiety until she had her competency hearing for court. 
And from what I've gathered, it's a pretty common thing to see if you're competent to withstand court. I think that that's pretty, especially in a case like this. I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, then feel free to correct me. I want to learn, not just talk about these things. So it wasn't until they did her competency hearing to see if she could withstand trial that she decided to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. Now we're going to get into some very interesting stuff because the whole point of this podcast is to go over some of the stuff that happened in these trials. And because this case has been so heavy on my heart, I wanted to give some background into it. And I went into it more than I intended to, but I think that ultimately it's going to be a good thing because it's going to show people that Gannon was an innocent child. He did not deserve what he was put through. And Letitia, while maybe crazy, is absolutely not insane. When Letitia decided to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. The defense had to bring in a professional, someone who could evaluate Letitia and prove that she had something going on with her. Because she said that it was another persona that killed Gannon and not her, they decided, oh, I bet that she has dissociative identity disorder, or DID for short. Now, again, I'm not certain on this, but from what I've gathered, DID is what used to be considered schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder. <clears throat> I'm not 100% certain on that, but that's what I've gathered. So again, if you know, feel free to correct me. I want to learn. So the expert that they brought in Dr. Dorothy Lewis. Now, Dr. Dorothy Lewis in my opinion is the epitome of a quack doctor. Granted, She's 85 years old. She's probably kind of senile. 
probably doesn't remember things all that well. But still, she has an impressive resume. She really does. She was Harvard taught something else. I can't remember what the other school was. She's worked with all kinds of people. She's done a lot of research. She even has a documentary about her on HBO in case you want to watch it. I'm not going to, but you can if you want. So there are a few things about Dr. Lewis that I think need to be talked about. And these things I think should be on the record. And that is why this podcast is called For the Record. She could not give definitive, genuine answers to any of the prosecution's questions. When asked if Letitia knew right from wrong, she would say, well, right and wrong is a very vague thing. No, it's not. It's right or it's wrong. Make up your mind. When prosecution would ask, wouldn't you think that deciding to put Gannon's body in a suitcase and hide him in the closet and throw a bunch of boxes over him, that she was capable of committing this crime? Dr. Lewis would be, well, I can't say. Well, I don't know. Yes, you can. You're just being stupid. Legitimately stupid. She wanted Letitia to have DID. That was obvious. And she had figured out a way to associate DID with brain damage. But before she could diagnose somebody with DID, she wanted to have at least an MRI done. And I can't remember now, I think it was an EEG. EKGs are the heart, right? So I think an EEG is the brain. Again, correct me if I'm wrong here. So the court denied that. And then defense, like, revoked the request for it. And when asked about that, Dr. Lewis was like, well, this is news to me. I didn't know this. Then prosecution was like, you've refused to testify in other cases where you weren't able to get the MRI and the EEG. Why didn't you refuse 
to testify in this one. And no one else has said anything about this. And I swear I heard it. I swear I heard it because it was like a oh snap moment. And I really do need to go back and listen to it just to make sure that I wasn't hearing things. But I swear she said, well, I tried. Like she tried to get out of testifying. So she couldn't get the testing that she needed or wanted. She couldn't definitively say if Letitia has or does not have DID. She couldn't even say what the legal definition of insanity was in the state that she was testifying in. This was a huge deal. Even I, not being a lawyer, not being a doctor, not being anything of the sort on either side, was like, if you can't even say what the legal definition of insanity is in this court, how are you supposed to testify that the person on trial in this court, in this state, is insane if you don't even know what the definition of it is. That's like saying, what's the definition of being alive? Well, I don't know. Then how do you know that you're alive? Well, I don't. I'm just saying that I'm alive. Then how do you know that you're alive? Well, I don't know. It's mind-boggling. I'm getting angry now. I'm getting, oh, and it's, it's, it's about to go off. Oh my goodness. Okay. So her entire, entire testimony was a train wreck. And I mean a train wreck because every answer was, I don't know. I can't say. I'm not sure. And then whenever she would answer a question, she would give maybe a word or two in an answer and then refer to a previous case that she had, a previous patient. This is my theory on Dr. Dorothy Lewis. She cannot comprehend that someone would or could hurt or kill someone without having some sort of brain damage. I don't think that she can comprehend that there is evil and that evil people exist and they do evil, heinous, vile things. I think that she had a one-track mind. She wanted to find DID. She wanted to find it in Letitia so that she didn't have to face trying to conceptualize and accept that Letitia did this to Gannon for no reason. Whereas if she had DID, then it wouldn't be for no reason. It would be because another personality did it. Another persona did it and did it in a way to protect Letitia because Letitia's brain was looking at Gannon as if it was someone who had hurt her in her past. That's my theory. 
I could be way off here, but I think that's a pretty good theory. <clears throat> she would go off on like tangents and rants and would say that people were stupid and everything. And at one point, she was going off on one of her tangents. <clears throat> Prosecution was trying to just get her to answer the question. Defense was, I don't know what defense was doing, but he was babbling about something. The judge, like, stands up and goes, okay, stop! Like they were a bunch of little kids. This 85-year-old woman is acting like a child. I'll tell you what, the one who needs to be on trial pleading not guilty by reason of insanity is Dr. Lewis. She's nutso. She's berserk. She's a kook. She's a crock. She made a mockery of the entire case. She made a mockery of the case of the court of the judge. And worst of all, she made a mockery of Gannon and his family. She made them out to be the ones who could have prevented all this from happening, but didn't. She said that Gannon had the hydrocodone in his system. Well, Letitia didn't give it to him. Gannon probably took it on his own. And then somehow tried to say that he had like OD'd or something. I don't even remember that because I was fuming so hot over what she had said about Gannon taking the drugs and not being given, not Letitia giving them to him. And I'm just like, can this witness be dismissed, please? Something that I probably should have said in the beginning of talking about Dr. Lewis is that she was supposed to be there on Monday and she didn't show up. Tuesday, she was supposed to be there at nine o'clock and she didn't show up. She was supposed to be there at two o'clock and she didn't show up until I believe almost three o'clock. On Wednesday, they were supposed to be there at nine o'clock in the morning. Dr. Lewis didn't get there till almost 930. I understand that she's elderly. She also is in a wheelchair, so she has some mobility issues. I understand that. But in a setting like this, you would, or at least I would, take the time needed to prepare if I knew that because of my health, it was going to take me a little bit longer to get somewhere. I would prepare ahead of time for that. I understand that sometimes things come up, that sometimes you have to deal with things, that sometimes the unexpected happens and you have to deal with that right then and there. But in this case, in this situation, like, okay, I have diabetic eye disease and sometimes I can see and sometimes I can't simplified version right there. If 
I have to be somewhere knowing that I can't drive myself there if I can't see, then beforehand, I am going to make arrangements with someone who can get me to where I need to go the time that I need to be there. I plan ahead. I make sure that I am there. I think with Dr. Lewis, she did not want to testify. She did not want to be a part of this trial. But for whatever reason, she was, and she was trying with every fiber in her being to get out of it. Even whenever she didn't show up until later on Wednesday, then she was supposed to be there, not at nine o'clock, around 9.30. She said that she had food poison and wasn't feeling very well. I guarantee you that she tried to call out of witnessing that day. I guarantee you that she felt totally fine. She just did not want to be there. This lady infuriates me so much. Oh my gosh. The rant that I went on to my husband after watching her first day, her first testimony, oh my goodness. I needed to be in one of those rage rooms after listening to this. She was, she's a quack. She is a complete quack. That's all I can say about it. So after Dr. Lewis's horrible, horrible, horrible testimony, the train wreck that it was, prosecution rested their case. Today, on May 5th, 2023, final closing arguments were made, and the jury has been dismissed to deliberate. I want a verdict today. I want a verdict seven weeks ago, but time will tell. From everything that I've seen, the jury seems to be leaning towards guilty. The good thing about all of this is that even if they find her not guilty by reason of insanity, she's still going to be in a mental institution. But I don't know if that means that she will have life in that institution or if she'll be able to walk someday. Regardless, she does not need to go to a mental institution. She needs to go behind bars. That's where she belongs. In the state of Colorado, the death penalty has been eliminated, I think. Um, and even though this crime happened before they abolished it, 
I don't think that they are putting that on the table for her. So her sentencing would be life in prison, I believe, without the possibility of parole. So... I don't typically support the death penalty. I think that there are some cases in which it's warranted, but I would never openly say, oh, yeah, that person deserves to die. While I do think that some people deserve to die, I do not believe that we have the authority to say who lives or who dies. I think, especially in Letitia's case, if the death penalty were an option and if she were to be found guilty and receive the death penalty, that would almost be a cop-out because she would not have to deal with the consequences of what she did to Gannon. Whereas life in prison without the possibility of parole, that would give her the rest of her life to think and remember and have to deal with the fact that she took Gannon's life. Even if she is found not guilty, and she does go to the mental institution. I don't believe that she has DID or any kind of personality disorder. I don't believe that she has any form of insanity. So even if that is another cop-out for her, she is always going to have to remember what she did to him. She can try to hide it all she wants to. She can hide behind her personas and her Marias and her harmonies and her tailors and her jasmines and twilight vampires all she wants to. She's guilty. She knows what she did. She knows that she did it purposefully and deliberately. We know that she did it. We know that she did it purposefully and deliberately. That's going to wrap up this episode of For the Record with Tess Heard. If the jury comes back with a verdict tonight, I will add that to this episode. If not, then I will be doing a surprise episode at the announcement of the verdict and let you guys know what's happened. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for putting up with my ranting and rambling. And I really hope that you decide to come back and give another listen next week. I don't know what the trial will be yet, but I promise it'll be something good. Can't wait to see you then. 
Thank you for listening to For the Record with Tess Hurd. I hope you decide to come back and give us another listen next week. for listening to For the Record with Tess Hurd. I hope you decide to come back and give us another listen next week.